The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. Welcome, everyone. I'm Eric Osnes with Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Oh, we have got such a full day. Lots going on. Yeah. Yeah, and you've well, already warned me you're, that I'm going to be apoplectic by the time you know we get through the end of this Apoplectic. Topic today. Mm. What a fun word. Well, we are talking about the Seattle City Council, aren't we? <laughs> Yes, we are. So don't give too much of that away. It's going to be a very interesting mm. hour, though, that we've got coming up because we've got all kinds of things to announce. Right. We've got a very wonderful guest who is a repeat guest. I'm so glad <laughs> that she's willing to come back and do this with us over and over. She's one of the best property management people in the city. So I'm super excited to have Tamara Simon from Cost Property Yay. Management with us Absolutely. again. Yeah, so tons and tons, tons of great stuff. But um, do you want to start with uh, a market update or sure. should we give some of our announcements so we make sure we get them all? Well, let's let's get the announcements out there because we do have a little bit to talk about with the markets as well. Okay, Lots all right. Going on right well, now. so first of all, I'm going to go to the thing that's most urgent and going on right now. Mm. There is a Team Reba open house going on right now as we speak. Not here in the studio we'll necessarily. Pull off the road. Yes, everybody, yeah. turn around and head to Bellevue. Because uh, we actually have an open house going over there. I've got Marissa and Tyler from my team over there. They're over at 14208 Southeast Eastgate Drive okay. in Bellevue. And uh, it's, it's a fixer-upper type. It was a former rental for about 27 years. I actually, I'll, I'll, you know, full disclosure, we actually have it under contract right now, but we already had this thing scheduled. And, uh, you know, we got, we were actually going to be looking at offers on Friday, but we had such an amazing offer come in on Saturday. We put it on the market last Friday, got an amazing offer on Saturday that my clients just went, yeah, mm. we'll go with that. Thank you very much. Mm. And the uh, exponential dollars on it are, significant that was the only thing that was making them you well, know, wait, go ahead and but, move forward but so but you still got an open house going today well it was already you know it's one of those things like you if you go ahead and put the advertising out you don't know if people go back sure. like they put it on their calendars you don't know if they go back and we certainly don't want them to be disappointed but there's always you know the thing is in today's marketplace even though these folks who wrote the offer uh waived a lot of contingencies mm-hmm. You still get buyer's remorse. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. So, of course, you know, I've had a few agents call and say, hey, are they willing to take backup offers? And, of course, we are. So we want to make sure it stays open for that. And, you know, we also had neighbors call who said, hey, we want to get a chance to maybe take a look at this property. And so, of course, we're going to we're going to do that. Let them see what's going on. Talk to them about what's going on in the marketplace in that particular area, because it's an area that's gentrifying quite a bit Mm -hmm. um, just up the hill from Factoria. Right. So, um Fantastic area, a lot of lot of good stuff happening there, mm-hmm. and of course, you know the very popular Bellevue School District. Right. So right. Uh, anyway, so Marissa and Tyler are there till six p.m. They've Excellent. got snacks even. Yeah. Yeah, got some nice light appetizer snacks for might people be, who might there, come by. There might be a Starbucks or two nearby. Yeah. Uh, there actually are two in Factoria <laughs> in the same strip mall. Yes, I know. 
I know, and I was just there at an appointment today talking to somebody about actually, their senior home. I, I actually told someone, I'll meet you at the Starbucks, you know, there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, I'm here. Where are you? I'm like, I'm at the Starbucks. Uh-huh. Where are you? And we're like looking at each other across the parking lot. Exa- yeah, yeah, I've had that happen numerous times. And times yeah. where people didn't know there was another one and they didn't bother to call. <laughs> so Oops. I, yeah, oh, well. <laughs> exactly. But uh, anyway, so that's one of the things we have going on. But what else do we have going on this week? Well, Saturday, we've got the official Washington Mm -hmm. State Housing Finance Commission class for first-time homebuyers. Yes, we do. And this is a class that if you want to take advantage of special first-time homebuyer programs, including zero down uh, transactions, or the tax credit, the mortgage credit Mm -hmm. certificate, which is little known but really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Highly effective. Highly effective. You have to take this class to get it. Yep. And uh, even that that mortgage credit certificate alone gives you a tax credit translate refund Mm -hmm. of 20% of your mortgage interest. That's pretty sweet. Every year. I just got my tax refund this week. Mm Mm-hmm. Tax refunds are fabulous. Oh, I love them. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes, they're wonderful. And if someone was to have offered that to me a while back. I'd have grabbed well, that in a heartbeat. I, I have to say, it's cool to get the check, but then the the financial, you know, person in my brain says, "Oh, why did I let the government use my money for free all your you life?" No, I. But, so, but see, I'm self-employed, I, so I have to estimate a bunch of stuff, of right? Course, you yeah, know, yeah. So we, it's best guess, and of course, my husband's also self-employed, so we have right. to look at what's going on with our numbers all the year. Of course. And in fact, actually, our refund was bigger, but we kept some of the money out for estimated taxes for the quarter. Oh, good. So, well, there isn't you go. That- prudent and responsible for you I oh know. my goodness Especially. yes well i was given i gave a shout out to uh, rick mangan my wealth manager and cpa yeah on facebook yesterday and i've already got like three people who are like can i get his information please <laughs> good <laughs> so yeah definitely yeah. so you know if other people want it they can uh, tweet me at team reba Perfect. or come to our facebook page yeah, rick's a good guy yeah rick's a real yeah. great guy yeah. i've sent a lot of clients his direction yeah he's a cool guy I'm about, in fact, I'm about to sell their house coming up soon, too. We helped them buy a house. Now we're going to help them sell a house. Everybody should have in their their quiver of, of ammunition, they should have a good tax person. Mm-hmm. They should have a good financial planner, financial yep. advisor. They're, they may at some point in their life need an attorney, yep. heaven forbid. Well, different uh, kinds. Estate attorneys. Uh, you know, Estate attorneys. Are, well, in fact, we're going to have one should, on soon. Should be, yes, exactly. And everybody should be kind of thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But you've got to have sort of a team of people that you can reach out to if yep. you need advice, if you need help. Yes. And uh, and a lot of people don't. Insurance. Yeah. You know, we've got to have good, good, yeah. good insurance. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons why we're called Team Reba. Because it's it. not just the people in my team. It's the network that surrounds me and my team as well, which our guest Tamara Simon is one of those wonderful of people. That, you that are. Group? That's why I asked you to be my co-host on the show. Oh man, I roped you in, man. <sighs> You've been yeah, with me long that's, enough. That's the thirteen other... years, just like today's the thirteenth. Thirteen's my lucky num- lucky number, by the way. <laughs> hey, that's my birthday too. Yeah, thirteen. And see, so. we got cupcakes. There you go. Yes. Which uh, is the yeah. other announcement today? Yeah. So today we have is, a birthday between yeah, us officially for this radio show, <laughs> sort of. our, our first first year anniversary. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow, Who knew we'd fast. be here so long? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, time for vacation. Congratulations on yeah. your anniversary. <laughs> you That's kind of weird. I have an anniversary with you right after I have one with my husband. Oh, weird. we just had our fourth anniversary on September second. Yeah, so there you go. 
Yeah, you know. that's good. Yeah. That's good. He's a good guy. He is. He's so. a great guy. He just got back from a big Harley ride. He went out with friends. Nice. I chose not to go because we had this house go on the market. Mm. The things went crazy. And I also have another deal I'm working on on Mercer mm-hmm. Island right now for a client. And it was just like, it's not prudent for me to go right now. Right. So yeah. you go enjoy yourself. You plan for it. I got to take care Sometimes of the team. you have to do that. You know, I was going to go on a ride on Saturday uh, up to a concert, and I decided mm-hmm. to drive instead. Mm-hmm. And um, in um, on Highway 405, well, there's a, a lesson in physics. I don't know if you know this, Tamara, or not, but two objects of matter cannot <laughs> occupy the same space <laughs> at the same time. And uh, and this translates perfectly to 405. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 one of the things I always taught my kids when they were learning how to drive is no matter what, under no circumstances should yeah. you ever miss your exit. So do whatever you have to do to make your exit. So if that means you're in the left lane and you want to exit, you slam on your brakes <laughs> and you just go over no matter what the consequences. But anyway, so uh, both of these examples happened to me at the same time. I was so glad I was in my car, actually, because I was literally two cars in front of me Full on, I don't know, five car pile up as somebody oh. somebody didn't oh. want to miss their exit, and I was using the full ABS swerving, and there were actually bumpers still flying in the air as I'm like trying to zigzag around them. You know, car parts just <coughs> like an explosion everywhere. of Legos. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Exactly, it looked like that. <laughs> Literally, looked like that. That's what that's what cars are like nowadays because yeah. they take the impact so much exactly. better instead of things the people. Just, thank just, goodness. Which which but makes it does them look like safer, it, but, yeah. but things just fly everywhere. And, oh yeah. And, uh, so uh, yeah. So I guess my lesson is, uh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Miss your exit. Come on. You know, Don't it, always it, trust your GPS. Maybe know where you're going before yeah, you maybe get there a little bit too. Maybe it's an extra five minutes, but isn't that a lot better than causing a five-car pileup? Yeah, that's making for a bad day for a lot of people. Good heavens. Yeah, anyway. a lot of insurance claims. Yep, yep. Well, yeah, we won't do that. Well, you know where we're going to experience a bunch of backups coming up on the 24th? Where? The State Fair. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. You and I. Because we're going on the road, yeah, baby. Yeah, we're going to be on the road again, uh, broadcasting on live the from again. the Washington State Fair, which is what we have to call mm-hmm. it now instead of the Puyallup. Yeah, but Fair. I'm still going to always uh, call it the Puyallup. Right. Well, I can't help I have it. have the jingle in my head. I know. You, know, you can do, do it at a trot. You can do it at a gallop. You know, you oh, my gosh. You know all of it. Oh, I know the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, we'll be there and uh, interviewing people as they walk mm-hmm. by. Hopefully we'll yeah. be, we'd be um, mashing some, some scones and Oh, you know we're going to be doing some scones. Like I think so. you were already working the staff to make sure it was we already there. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Joshua, but, that was already part of the whole thing. The guy yeah. who's going to be our producer that day, he Everybody, knows. Those scones are so good. Last time I, I was there, uh, there's a little cable car that goes from one side of the fair to mm-hmm. the other. Yep. And I actually got a free ride on the cable car because I promised the, the girl running it I'd bring her scones back because that's where we were going. And, uh, I mean, everybody loves those things. So, Did you that. happen to see the uh, photos I sent you about being up at the Evergreen State Fair? Yeah. There's no line for scones there. That's like old-timey <laughs> fair. That's so weird. It's, it is. It, yeah. I felt like I'd gone back probably 25 years oh, yeah. been up there many at that times fair. i'd never been there before i went to go see a band play we saw a theory yeah. of a dead man and yeah. i was like this is very different this you is like there and watch d derby it's like midwest derby. style yeah. very but, old old school yeah yeah so not saying that these folks are back in time because they're actually launching forward quite a bit mm. on the 21st we got business launch pad 
Business Launch Pad, which is part mm-hmm. of the Renton Chamber. Yes, and you and I are both members mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So we are going to be doing a remote live broadcast there. In fact, actually, KKOL is going to be there for the 1 to 6 o'clock timeline on the yep. 21st. Yep. That's a Wednesday. Yep. So we're going to have our show on Tuesday as usual. And then we're going to do some fun stuff there. And we're going to have, they're, they're doing a shark tank of sorts for nonprofits who are going to have opportunity to try and uh, appeal to the people who are, are judging them to get maybe new board members, maybe get new funding, get you know new sponsors, that kind of thing. That's going to be kind of fun. And then we'll get a chance to also, there's a, a person from Microsoft who's coming as a speaker, may be able to get her on the show with us and do a little bit of an interview, as well as some of the other folks who are going to be on site. Yeah, this should be really fun. It's yeah. always a good event. I know um, mm-hmm. I, for, last year was the first year I went to that event. It was yeah. big, lots of great uh, you know exhibits, mm-hmm. learned a lot, met a yeah. lot of people really yeah. fun worth worth coming to okay all right talking about the markets when we get back on am 1300 kkol business radio if you'd like to call into the show now's your chance it's 866 now back to open house with team reba well back to open house with team reba i'm eric Osnes from home street bank and i'm reba Hass from team reba and every week we're here with a special guest talking about mm-hmm. real estate and finance. And yeah. this is a live show. If mm-hmm. you have questions for us or our guests, you can reach us toll-free at 866. You're looking at me like... I'm uh, just checking to see if you're going to get the number right. I'm not cheating. 866-712-1300. How's that? Eureka! All right. You can also tweet us, too, at Team Reba mm-hmm. or at Eric is my banker if you yeah. have questions you'd like us Live to take online. Live online right now. Right. You know, yeah, every, as time goes on, we're actually going to incorporate some video into this and then be able to put some stuff on YouTube oh, from the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's going to be great. Well, you know, every, every person's situation is different. I always kind of think of them as story problems because no two situations problems like right story challenges mm-hmm. you know but but a lot of the times it, it takes a little bit of brainstorming to figure out what's the best way to to work this transaction or what's mm-hmm. the best what this best way to help structure your finances and we're always happy to help with those sort of questions so if you have have a brain teaser bring it on we love to love to love the challenge oh yeah you know people like People for you a lot of times are, are calling about the, the future things that they're mm-hmm. thinking of. Sure. Um, I sometimes have to deal with the cleanup of things. You know, well, like I had a, an appointment earlier today where it's in an unfortunate situation. We talk about this sometimes. There are still people who are hurting from the recession. Absolutely. And I had a conversation with some folks earlier today where we're going to be going and taking a look at their house tomorrow and figuring out because they, they received a letter from the bank saying, hey, we're not giving you any more opportunities. You need to do something. Mm-hmm. You need to sell your home. Right. And so that's me. The good news I was able to give them, though, is that because the marketplace here has been growing so well, they actually bought this house in 2009. But after that Jan- that <laughs> magic date of January 1st, 2009, mm-hmm. and they had bought it later in the year, so they don't get to qualify for some of those same programs that we've mm-hmm. talked about on the show before. But the beautiful part, though, is that in the last four years, the equity position has actually grown. And they were they had come to me very concerned about what was going to happen and what they were going to lose. And they had just had a family member help put a new roof on their house. And I'm, I was actually feeling very positive for them because I was able to say, you know what, I'm going to come see your house tomorrow, but I'm fairly certain you are going to walk away with money to be able to start over. That's good. And it's going to be in a good place. Yeah, that's good. So sometimes people come to us for well, some other things, but you know, they're always welcome to come in whatever format they need to initiate the conversation. Well, and a lot of people believe, too, if you've had a short sale or a foreclosure mm-hmm. in your past, that you have to wait seven years 
You don't. Nope, nope, nope. So nope. even like with an FHA loan, the standard waiting period is three years. Mm-hmm. But if you have what, what are defined as extenuating circumstances, that yep. can be as short as one year. And extenuating, oh, as short as one. Mm, okay, I thought it was two. All and right. Extenuating circumstances are ish, uh, an event that was catastrophic, that was mm-hmm. out of your control. And typically that, that would mean a medical emergency or a loss of a job right. or significant loss of And that's income. what happened with these folks. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if, if you can document those situations, then, then you, know, you may be thinking, I'm never going to be able to buy a home again, but you might be ready now. You know, because uh, it, it really, again, every every situation's a story problem, uh, but it's definitely worth exploring and investigating. So the, lots of options out there, and uh, it's just a question of, of kind of really looking at the facts and, and the documents and seeing, seeing if something that you can do now rather than wait. Yeah. So get in there while the rates are good. Yeah, we'll talk about rates, man. Well... You know, for, for weeks now, seems like Tuesday's been the, the sort of the magical day where the markets are doing well. Mm-hmm. Not so much today. Okay. And as a matter of fact, um, Friday uh, kind of started a, a, a snowballing effect. Um, there was a, <laughs> uh, it, it was kind of funny. The, the big news on Friday was that there's a Fed governor, Lale, and she very seldom makes public speeches and, and kind mm-hmm. of impromptu. A, uh, it was scheduled that she was going to be making a, a speech on Monday. Mm-hmm. Well, the markets freaked and uh, because she never talks. So they know that the Fed is meeting uh, next week, the Open Market Committee. So they figure she's getting sent out there to warn us that Fed's going to be increasing rates. Well, turns out that when she made her speech, it had nothing to do with that. It was actually kind of a lot of nothing, really, and just more talking about we're looking at stuff, which is you know kind of standard Fed parlance. Um, that was that was on um, Monday. Uh, today, different different story. There's still a ton of weakness out there. It's big. It's serious. It's multifaceted. It's it's not just um, you know a question on the Fed. So, so essentially, what's what's going on is is number one. There's a lot of ongoing adjustments to central bank expectations globally. So, what what are the central banks doing? Uh, there's concern that Europe might be backing off a little bit of on their quantitative easing. Um, the Federal Reserve has a, a governor Lockhart who is retiring. Um, he's kind of been fairly consistently hawkish on interest rates. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of bonds being sold, you know, right now. We have um, a lot of technical momentum going on, um, sort of what, what, what we call snowballs. Technical momentum? Technical momentum. Okay. Let's call it snowball selling. Uh, okay. So, so you get this snowballing effect. Everybody's kind of piling on. You know, They, mm-hmm. they want to protect their, their positions and ah. everything. And so what we're getting on the bond market, which impacts mortgage rates, mm-hmm. is a huge sell-off. And uh, that's putting upward pressure on interest rates. Okay. Yeah, um, I was talking with a client earlier about that. They were like, that? Big expensive house is becoming more expensive. Yeah, it, it's it's really um, it's really impacting things right now. So, um, you know the 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 global growth concerns are are out there. You know how strong is is the world economy? Uh, that tends to be a little bit more rate friendly. Um, you know, there's there's still the question about whether the Fed's going to increase rates or not. Um, I don't know. I, the odds right now are probably thirty percent that they'll increase uh, next week, a quarter of a point, but. I, just personally, I could sure make a pretty strong argument that they that they won't. Things are just still too weak out there, 
And uh, but but you know, what are they saying? Never trust a one-armed economist. They can't say on the other hand. So you just never <laughs> you know. Love that joke. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that today, so far today, twenty-seven major banks and mortgage lenders have increased their rates midday. So that's fairly rare. Most oh, most wow. of the time, okay. a lender will set their rates in the morning, yeah. and they keep those rates the same all day long. Today, twenty-seven banks have had midday interest rate increases. Yeah. Mm. So so that to me is a sign that maybe that, they need to lay off the Starbucks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or the monster <laughs> drinks in the middle yeah, of the just day. Step aside. Let the <laughs> snowball go on by. Uh, because uh, you know when when we see that it 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 we don't know if this is a tide change that we could be going into a a period where where the rates are going to drift a little bit higher, or if this is possibly temporary. Too soon to tell, um, but but the move this week so far has been fairly significant. So, if you have not yet locked in your interest rate, uh, my advice today would be to lock it in uh, because yes, they they could recover. You know, it's the old country song: two steps forward and one step back. But uh, we could see a recovery, you know, of of these rates. But as it stands right now, you know, these movements have become pretty pretty um, significant. So Okay. Well, something to watch. In. I'll be interested to see yep. what happens over the next couple of weeks. With that said, 30-year fixed rates, just your conforming 30-year mm-hmm. fixed rates, we're hovering right around 3.625%. Okay. Still um, fantastic fixed below rates. four. Yep. 15 is around 3%. Uh, FHA loans are up about a quarter from last week. We're around 3.5 to 3.625. Oh, yeah. okay. Yep. They definitely went up. And jumbos are still hanging in there around 3.75 to 3.875. So they're they're still... Very, very good, mm-hmm. and uh, but we're up at at least. Yeah, if you're going to do that big move up now, would mm-hmm. be a really great time. Yeah, it, it really would be because yeah, um, it, we just we just never know. And um, you know, one one thing that's that's awful nice about some some lenders, not all lenders mm-hmm. will do this, but it's a question to ask your lender: Will they give you a float down? Right. Meaning, once you lock your rate, if rates fall before closing, are you allowed to take advantage of the lower rate? Right. Some will say yes. Some will say no. And it's definitely find the one who says time. yes. Find the one who says yes. You <laughs> see me smiling, right? <laughs> so, I tell I tell people to do that all the time. So, there you go. Yeah, because right. they'll be like, "What is that?" I'm like, you know, you just have to know to ask. That's right. You know? that's right. That's so. right. So anyway, so that's that's kind of what's going on with rates. We'll keep a close eye on it here so as, of, as the week goes along. Yeah. So now that we've covered some of the rates, and uh, you've mentioned uh, floating loans. I think it's a really good time to bring Tamara in because, Absolutely. oh my goodness, hello, welcome Tamara Simon from Cost Property Management. It's a great to be here. Yes, thanks so much for being on the air with us again. Um, you were starting to tell me as we were coming into the studio that there is something going on right now at Seattle City Council. Is that correct? That's right. Two o'clock today, they decided to meet and yet do more. Um, interesting things regarding landlords. I think that... And when you say interesting, you don't mean beneficial. I'm trying to be kind. (laughs) You know, I believe that the Seattle City Council's intent is trying to help preserve affordable housing. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I really believe what they're doing is the exact opposite. And it's creating a lot of problems. A lot of uh, landlords talk about selling their properties now because they mm-hmm. don't want to deal with this. And it's not going to create more affordable housing. I kind of look at it this way. It's like when somebody says, I want to have a happy and successful marriage. I just don't want it to interfere with my dating life. <laughs> 
Um, this is this is kind of how the Seattle City Council is behaving. They think they're you're saying help- they're the Ashley Madison of rentals. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, they think they're helping produce. And and rental housing, I also want to talk a little bit about this. We all talk about having rentals. It's okay. investment property. Right. I, I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But um, they've been extremely busy since June. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to go over it. What's happening today at 2 o'clock is the council is looking at capping tenant moving costs. Generally, when you move into a property, uh, some landlords require a deposit. Correct. Yeah. And I last, know I month's, do. last month's rent in advance or a mm-hmm. pet deposit. But the Seattle City Council, in their wisdom, is having a little discussion today about capping that, how much can be collected, and better yet, the tenants usually pay that money up front. Right. And the Seattle City Council is talking about implementing having tenants pay that over a six-month period. So not only do you get to be the landlord, you get to be their banker with a no-interest loan. And we can talk in detail about why this is a bad idea. I'd like to talk about just some of the other things they have passed recently. Okay. Well, I know we only have about a minute before we're going to have to take a break. But is I have to ask this. Is that council meeting open to the public? Yes. It, is, it started at 2 o'clock. started at 2. And how long was it going to run? That I do not know. Okay. So is there a phone number people can check and find out? Do you happen to know that? Or maybe they can get on the Seattle website and take a look to see? I would suggest that they go to your website because I'm going to give you mm-hmm. every city council member's name and phone number, and they should be finding out there, and I'll make okay. sure you get the information for Well, that. if you're going to have questions for Tamara coming up, call 1-866-712-1300. Open House with Team Reba. Got a question? Call it in. 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes with Home Street Bank. And I want to dive right back into this. We've got Tamara Simon of Cost Property Management here on the phone. Yeah, welcome, Tamara. Oh, Thank yes. Thank you. Yes, and we are just diving into a lot of what's going on with Seattle City Council and the impact they're putting on landlords right now. With what are their policies to supposedly give help in affordable housing, but they're, they're not quite reaching the goal, I think. I'm, I'm with you on this, Tamara. Correct. Okay. So you said you had a, a laundry list of things that have been going on since June. Is that correct? Yeah. So if people aren't aware, I'd like to just talk about what's already passed since June and what's happening. And I'd also just like to wish my sisters, Sandy and Debbie, happy birthday. Because I'll never have this opportunity again. And I know they're listening. Happy birthday. All right. So since June, we, of course, this is before June, we have the Rental Registration and Inspection Ordinance. I just Mm want to remind everybody Mm -hmm. that this is ongoing and you need to participate. Otherwise, there are fines. And this gives the city the opportunity to inspect your property. Over the next 10 years, they Mm -hmm. plan to be in every property. Uh, The source of income protection is now a protected class. And this means that landlords need to consider all sources of income. Well, on the face of it, it sounds good. Mm -hmm. But really, it's uh, set up for failure. Because, for example, someone, some of the... 
forms of income to consider now are child support and some of the voucher programs. And these aren't stable sources of income. Oh, yeah, they flux all the time. Right. And someone may have a voucher program, which is basically money from a -hmm. government agency or private agency to help them get into housing. But they really don't have the salary to support it. So after three months or six months, as a landlord now, you're forced to evict somebody. So it's a lose for the landlord and a lose for the tenant. And so this is quite interesting. Um, But again, the council, the Seattle City Council thinks that they're helping tenants. Um, I'd like to point out... Well, let me, I'm just going to throw something out there because most of the landlords I know, and I know folks in property management such as yourself, often have a percentage level that they want the new tenant to be at with income-wise anyway. So I don't know if by protecting the source of income, they're necessarily helping people be in affordable housing to begin with because sometimes people are trying to reach it maybe 50% or higher of their income for their rental. And it's like, that may not be the right fit and it's not going to last anyway because most people cannot handle living at that high level of debt you know, in in trying to cover their life expenses. Right, because you're not just, you don't want someone just be able to pay the rent. They need to pay utility costs. Exactly. They need to buy food. Right. You know, there's living expenses. And when someone has to decide between feeding their children and paying their rent, it's as it should be in most cases, you know, the kids are going to eat, but someone else has to lose. Correct. There's also a big movement, you may have heard the term ban the box, and what this Mm -hmm. means is on rental applications, it will ask if you have a criminal history. Ah, yes, I have heard of this. They're trying to get that off completely. Now, what's made it even more interesting is that the federal government in April put out a very confusing message, and they said that it may be discriminatory to not rent to someone with a criminal history because a disproportionate amount of people who are minorities have criminal histories. Okay, got it. And so they may be a protected class. So this is a confusing message, and here's why. As landlords, we have to protect our other tenants, Right. right? And so it goes on and on from there. Now, What's important is that there's big differences in criminal history, right? Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, having had tenants who've had different colored paths, yes. Right. But we don't want to force landlords to have to accept criminals because that opens up, again, a whole host of problems. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly this kind of thinking that causes the small landlord, the average landlord, to say, you know what? This is all about risk and reward, and the risk is getting too high, and the reward is too small. So I'm just going to sell, and what happens is you end up with just institutional investors or people with REITs. And you know what? They don't create affordable housing. No, they don't. It's the small landlords who do. Yeah. Now we've moved on to the famous first-come, first-serve rule that was in the Seattle Times. This is going to take effect January 1st. First of all, best practices for most landlords has always been the first qualified applicant yes. is who I'm going to rent to. Right. Mm-hmm. This is a business. I want to rent my property. Right. But it has to be a qualified person mm-hmm. because otherwise, again, it's just going to be disaster. Right. Right. 
Well, the Seattle City Council, in trying again to help tenants, feels that by enforcing this and creating all the laws that go with it, and you really need to look at it, that this will create more opportunities. Mm -hmm. I believe it won't. Again, it's it's the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. It's uh, pretty interesting. And the way the Seattle Times reported it on the front page August 11th, a lot of tenants are going to think, oh, I'm the first one who showed up. Well, that's Okay, that was what I was going to that's ask. That's not it. It's not that you're first in line. No. It's all about whether you the, qualify. Right, the first qualified. But the problem here is you're trying to help people who may have a lesser income, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, if it's if as a landlord, I have to take the first qualified applicant. You know, some people don't have smartphones or computers. Mm-hmm. They have to take three buses to get to the rental property, mm-hmm. or they're filling out a paper application. They're going to lose every time. Right. Oh, so it's I got see. the opposite effect in many, many ways. Okay, got it. All right. Now, we also have some interesting things happening for multifamily owners. If you have five units or more, the city council in their infinite wisdom says, you have to let the city know 60 days in advance if you're thinking of selling your property. What? If you have an affordable unit, affordable means that the rent is 80% of the area median income or below. So if you've got a fourplex, even if you have one unit where the rent is 80%, of the area median income or below, you're supposed to notify the city 60 days in advance, even before you talk to a real estate Wait, broker. you just said four units, though. Uh, five or f- higher. It's five or higher. Yeah, yeah sorry. I was said four. Using, yeah. Okay, got it. So, but it just has to be one unit out of the five. So, Which is very possible because sometimes people have long-time tenants and rents have gone up so high. Exactly. There might be someone who didn't receive a lot of rent increases over time, and now you suddenly may have Right. So this is not going to help with affordable housing at all. Mm-hmm. It's also crazy because a lot of people you know, talk to several real estate professionals mm-hmm. before right. they make a decision, put it on the market. Oh, but yeah. according to this, you're not even supposed to do that. So, again... Wait a minute. Like I don't want to use technical <laughs> terms how, how here. How do you enforce something like Just, that? Excuse though? me. Right. I don't want to use technical terms here, but I like to use the term stupid. <laughs> um, this is just <laughs> stupid. And so How I do you really feel about it. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I encourage everyone who's a tenant who's interested mm-hmm. in affordable housing and mm-hmm. current uh, property Landlords. investors mm-hmm. and, and people are thinking about being in the industry yeah. to really start watching and seeing what the Need city council is doing and getting a hold of the council members. That's what's important here. Okay. Again, I know I, I'm tweeting them right now. I believe <laughs> I believe the intent, of course, mm-hmm. is to help people, but I believe this is just really misguided in many ways. And a lot of people in the market right now with investment property, a third of all property sold still is to mm-hmm. you know people who just. Um, would rather put their money somewhere else, quite frankly. But the fact that a CD right now or money in the bank Uh or anything pays way less than 1%. Right. You've got a lot of money in real estate. Mm -hmm. And... 
Yeah, that's why you see a lot of these houses or, right. or multifamilies that are only running at like 5% cap rates right. well, are so, still turning over. So let's talk about what your real return is. On mm-hmm. average right now, it's about 3%. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between the monthly return and selling the right. property. Exactly. And for 3% to get all this aggravation mm-hmm. and risk and possible lawsuits, right. it's, you know, people would rather say, you know, I'm going to fold up, sell, Take mm-hmm. take my losses or my profits and forget about being a landlord. Yeah. It's really taking away the affordable housing. So or they're going to just sell it and, and purchase rentals in other low municipalities in other markets, yeah. that are more friendly to businesses. Right, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. So these are critical issues if we're really trying to preserve affordable housing. And quite frankly, yeah, let's get back to the 3%, mm-hmm. okay? Because everybody thinks landlords are so greedy and are making so much money. Yeah, most of them are not. Right. So basically, statistically, a third of all your gross income that you get goes to expenses, and expenses are starting to outpace profits. We have uh, high taxes that keep going Uh up, the levies that keep being passed, and so... Yeah, the levies have to keep getting passed because we have the restrictions on where property taxes can be raised, so they just find alternate ways to fund them. And Seattle, you know, is only 17 miles, and then you fall into Mm -hmm. water east or west. We don't have a lot of land. Instead of blaming greedy landlords, we should all go back to the Growth Management Act, Mm -hmm. and which limits building here. Right. And so the way to have affordable housing, we can't all be in single-family houses, which is 60% of our inventory. Mm -hmm. We need to really think about... Maybe we're going to have more neighborhoods than just Ballard or the U District to mm-hmm. have density. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the things like Belltown, South Lake Union, there is more of that density there, but it's super, super concentrated. Well, but even when you're talking about density, if, if, if you're an owner in a condominium project, mm-hmm. uh, you will fight vehemently to make sure that no more than 50% of the units in that project are Right. But are I'm not rented. even saying condos because there's a bunch of apartment buildings coming mm-hmm. online right now. Sure, sure. And there's a lot of investors from outside of our area who are building those. I mean, what's coming online is is huge in the next year or two. Right, and there's a big difference. Buildings that were built 1999 and before, they're Mm -hmm. way more affordable than the new construction. Right, those are very costly to maintain. Well, so in Seattle, the average apartment built in 1999 or older is $1,350 a month, but the new construction is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. $1,800. Or more. Right. And so, again... We want to keep the small investors who tend to have the older properties Mm -hmm. because then you can have more affordable rents. If you bought the house 25 years ago, your Mm -hmm. mortgage payment is going to be way less than if you sell it today. Well, hold that thought, and we come back with more an open house of Team Reba on, what did you say the council was? Oh, we'll come back to that. (laughs) Open house has open phone lines. Give us a call at 866-712-3. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba. And with us today we have Tamara Cos... (laughs) Simon, excuse me, from Cos (laughs) Property (laughs) Manager, Tamara Simon. You're back to butchering it again. I love it. So I'm just absolutely 
beside myself here mm-hmm. with, with... In fact, I see two of you. There's with, double vision. I know. I'm <laughs> just like there's steam coming out of my ears uh-huh. here because... Uh, yeah, this this whole fat cat landlord thing. You know, you're you're absolutely right. What you said earlier. The typical landlord uh, is is maybe owns one or two properties, maybe one. It's it's in their minds. It's their 401k plan. It's their retirement mm-hmm. plan, and they're going to work hard to keep that building up. They're going to work. They worked hard to buy it. You know, they're they're barely breaking even. I look at financial mm-hmm. statements all day long, and I don't see a ton of rental properties that are making huge no. profits. Very, very few. I'll, I'll give you a great example. A friend of mine who's got 47 units, or they always say 47 doors. Yes, they're making 60000 a year, but that's out of 47 units. That means that's not right. that much well, per okay. unit and, that and they're also, getting annually. That's, that's, that's a pretty big investor. But also, how much of their own personal capital they invest in that? Tons. In, in that? Yeah, and she had to their stay time? in. Yeah. Oh, and, and, tons, and, tons, and who's tons. taking all the risk mm-hmm. for that? They, so if, if, if all the tenants move out or if there's vacancies, guess what? They still have to make the mortgage payment. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, so, I've got so my six this, units. I'm dealing Tamara, with that. why this anti-owner mentality? Mm-hmm. So I believe, and it really is an anti-landlord investment property owner mentality. Do the council members so, all rent? So here's, well, no, here's the I'd reason. Like to know. And it's, it's just basic. Seattle is a very expensive place to live. Right. Uh-huh. And so a lot of tenants feel that they're being crushed out, you know, or mm-hmm. so much of their income has to go to housing. You know, the general rule of thumb is no more than... 30% of your income should go towards housing, mm-hmm. and yet it's moving towards 50%. But if you look at markets that do have rent control, and that's what this is all mm-hmm. about, tenants were hoping for rent control, and yeah, it really pushed that. the city council. Yeah. And it, it would have to change in Olympia on the state mm-hmm. level. So th- a lot of this is, is mm-hmm. forms of rent control, it's quite going frankly. going in that direction. Right. Mm-hmm. But in cities, it's been unsuccessful time and time again. Oh, yeah. Right. And look at San Francisco. Who has rent control? Yep. And so, still one of the most expensive places around. You know, we're in. We're depending which survey you look at. We're in the the top five market Mm -hmm. in the United States for the cost of housing. Yeah. So, but what tenants have to understand is everybody feels pressured in Seattle. Mm -hmm. It's an expensive market. That's the bottom line. And so, for example, we could do more accessory dwelling units, I believe. Right. Or detached. Yeah, we actually did a whole show about that. Right. That's right. And now the city council is looking to change the requirements so more can be built. I think that's a move in the right direction because there's only been 200 units built since 2010. Mm-hmm. And that's ridiculous. Especially in a city like Seattle where a huge majority of people live by themselves. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Right. It's right. really true. Yeah, something else. That's because they're all living with cats. Now, the other thing that the, dogs. that the city council did that I believe is a step in the right direction, in regard to security deposits, a landlord only had 14 days after a tenant vacated mm-hmm. to give them a written explanation right. of charges or the money back. That law has changed, and you have 21 days now. Oh, good. But it's not retroactive. So if you have a current lease, you have to honor that. But going forward, I think that makes sense. Well, let's clarify that, too. It has to be written. It has to be by mail. Email doesn't work. Text message doesn't work, correct? For the... 
for like say let's say that for the deposit, out, right. yeah I, i'm keeping your damage deposit because you you left a, a severe mess in yeah, my yeah it's good to my, it's hmm, really house. good to send it certified so you have proof right. of yeah. mailing yeah. but the point is it it takes more than 14 days most of the sure. time yeah. to get all your bids together and the work done right. and so the tenant can get a more accurate amount and you don't have to keep readjusting it so i do applaud the city council for doing that mm-hmm. and looking at the accessory dwelling units i mm-hmm. think that's mm-hmm. helpful but there's yet another law that they've just passed that... Oh, let's see if you can make his head spin Oh, around. yes, this will make his head spin. <laughs> and so if you give your tenant a rent increase, again, this is only in the city of Seattle, mm-hmm. but I, I want people who live outside the city of Seattle not to feel smug because what happens <laughs> here, the laws oh, start yeah, changing. Yeah, it bleeds right, out. Right. Yeah. Bellevue and Lakewood right now are going through some interesting yep. things with just mm-hmm. cause. So if you give your tenant a rent increase, the tenant now, if they call the city of Seattle and say there's a code violation, that stops the rent increase until the code violation is corrected. Give now, an example of a code violation. So a code violation might be that um, you have no heat. Okay. Okay. Now, what's interesting about this is there's plenty of landlord-tenant law, mm-hmm. very clear landlord-tenant oh, yeah. law, and there's always been means for the tenant to be able to call the city and have an inspector come out. What this is doing, though, is a form of rent, I believe, an illegal form of rent control because it will be misused. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. So you give a rent increase notice for October 1st, and then on September 29th, the tenant calls the city. Right. Now that's... Complains. To complains, right? Mm -hmm. So now you as the landlord, you know, have to wait and go through and have the city say things are done properly, and then you have to give the notice again. And the problem is... Yes, there are some lousy landlords, no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Oh, yeah. But it's such a small percentage that the people who really get hurt are the 99% who are trying to do a good right. job. So this is just amazingly um, short-sighted, I believe. And, again, it is not going to help. So, right. um, so that's the latest and the greatest. Overall, the rental market has slowed a little bit, quite frankly. Last year, the vacancy rate overall was 2.6%. Right which is now, incredibly low. Right. It's 32 right now, which is still okay. low. There are plenty of places in the United States which would love mm-hmm. to see the 3.2. Oh, yes. But it's making a difference. For point of reference, 5 is kind of a neutral market. 5 means it's kind of more fair for the tenant and the landlord. But we're below that at this moment. Mm -hmm. But it is significant that this change is happening, and the reason is more units are coming online. Yeah. So about about 10,000 units, right? There Mm -hmm. were 12,000 last year. But the units coming online are not affordable housing. No, they're not. They're They're new construction. Far from it. Right. So, you know, this is a business of supply and demand, right? Mm -hmm. Now, we've got 10,000 people a month moving to Seattle. This has been going on for the last two years. And, yes, this is a gorgeous area, one Mm -hmm. of the most beautiful areas in the United States with moderate weather. Mm -hmm. But that's not why everybody's coming here. They're coming for jobs. Right. Right? Yeah. And we have good jobs. Yes. Right? 
high-paying jobs. And so the problem is we have a lot of people making Mm 150000 and we have a lot of people making minimum wage, and we have a lot of people making around Mm $50,000. So we need to have housing for everybody. Agreed. And the Seattle City Council, by making it so difficult for private landlords, is really not catering or helping the person making minimum wage or even the person making the median income in this town, which is around Mm -hmm. $65,000. Yeah, I think that number probably would surprise many listeners that that's what the median is. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think that it's much higher because they keep hearing about folks in the tech industry, and I think they kind of just make assumptions. Well, you and I are talking about some of these crazy Mm -hmm. markets in Bellevue and Ballard and West Seattle. And and, uh, sure, I mean, there's there's definitely that that element, but we Mm -hmm. also have a lot of... You know, good, solid working class neighborhoods, and mm-hmm. and uh, and and there is still some affordable housing out there. Well, you know, it's interesting though. Um, I look at the census tract data, low and moderate income neighborhoods, and things like that. We don't have any anymore. We're everything is is uh, above that. So you know, it's all changing. Well, this just tells me we need to get Tamara on here again. Yes, and, and see uh, what happens with all of these things. Don't despair. It's still a fabulous place to live. Oh, yeah. And there are still ways to invest and hold on. People just need to become engaged with the Seattle City Council. Yes, get not, part of the conversation. Right, not just tenants. And quite frankly, the Airbnbs are taking away some of the affordable housing. They are. Okay. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get you back on again. Tamara Simon from Cost Property Management, thank you so much for being. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, join us next week, 3 o'clock, Open House with Team Reba here on KKOL 1300. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash Max Metro East Side on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Tuesday at 3 for more Open House with Team Reba here on Business Radio 1300 KKOL. Program sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage.